Alex, Daniel, we're back. We are back. Yep. Hey, do do do. Still alive, still surviving. Yeah. In yeah. This court, still in this self isolation. Still thriving. Thriving's one word. I don't know if I'd use it to describe it. You know what is thriving, actually? Star Wars Clone Wars. I don't yeah, it is. You know what? Uh, we're going to wait, but I might as well bring it up now. Yeah, we talk about <laughs> hockey. But I am, of course, a massive Star Wars fan. And the last season of Clone Wars is being uh, weekly. They're releasing episodes. And they're, uh, they just released episode 9 on Friday, of course. And it's the first of the last four episodes. And it's the Siege of Mandalore storyline. And it was absolutely incredible. Ahsoka and Anakin Skywalker, sorry, Ahsoka Tano and, and uh, Anakin Skywalker, it's all awesome. Darth Maul was at the end of the episode. It's it's so freaking good. If you have not watched Star Wars Clone Wars, you don't have an excuse not to watch it. And I'm looking at both of you right now about that Actually, as well. You should see my ne- school You should see my Netflix lists. I got a lot to go through. Well, man, forget about Netflix. Go to Disney Plus. Um, no. So many subscriptions. Yeah. Not a, no, there's no such thing. Oh, Especially when, you know... You know what's really sad? Jurassic Park's not on Netflix anymore, and it's 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 kind of... It's hurting me. Yeah! yeah I, I checked that before the podcast uh, last oh, week. Oh, um, the third one. Great. Alan! They're on, they're on Amazon Prime. Are they? Yeah. Or, if you want, there are some other websites which I think all three of us used when we had to review the movie. Anyway, it, it's been on all weekend, so I was watching it again. On TV? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on right now. I haven't noticed it ever, to be honest. I'm surprised if all of us, all of us still watch TV, except for when a hockey game would be on. Uh, but we'll go straight into the hockey talk. We haven't had a proper power hour in about month and a bit since the pandemic started but we're going to start with one here and we'll begin with dustin bufflin i'll read you a quick statement from the nhl nhlpa this is from the nhl's official twitter account quote the national hockey league and the national hockey league players association announced today that the winnipeg jets and player dustin bufflin have mutually resolved the grievance filed by mr bufflin following his suspension by the club in september 2019 Basically, guys, Dustin Bufflin and the Jets are they parted ways. Bufflin is no longer a Jet. And this is from Frank Saravalli, of course, head of the NHL PA. Up to $40 million as a result of this. So this has been a story going since November, obviously. And the whole, was he hurt at the end of last season? Was it a summer injury? So what do you guys make of now that Dustin Bufflin and the Jets have finally... Sorted this out if you really want to say it. He basically spent the whole year screwing them. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, personally, I thought he was going to retire because of this. And I'm like seeing now on Frank Cervelli's article about the fact that the way like this whole thing dragged out. Um, he talked about how if if they made a decision in the summer then they might have not lost Tyler Myers or Ben Sherratt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really interesting. Um, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Like, Does he still have a passion for the game? I thought that was interesting. I think Christopher Stieg was on... I think he was on Hockey Central sometime this week. 
and I saw a quote uh, they had put out a clip on Twitter, basically him saying he was he'd be really surprised if Dustin Bufflin plays uh, in the NHL again. If he says that, because Dustin Bufflin, the strangest thing in all of this is we haven't heard from him at all. That's do you guys think we do? Either. No. Yeah. I don't think we hear anything from him. That's the t- when have you, when. When do you really ever hear from Dustin Bufflin? Uh, the only time I've really seen Dustin Bufflin talk is when he's flipping off the media, which he, from a couple yeah. of years, <laughs> he, he's not one for a quote, but you imagine that people are going to want to talk to him. He's, now, I think he's still Dustin Bufflin was the way Dustin Bufflin wants to. Yeah. I, I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be looking. Because eventually, when all the details of this come out, and we probably won't get everything, it's going to be a fascinating story to look back on because he really did mess up the Jets' entire season. Yeah, it, yeah, it really did. I forgot about the Jacob Truba uh, trade as well. They kind of couldn't pay him either. Or he was going to leave no, no matter yeah, what. That he was, was yeah. all but gone. Uh, yeah, I think you, you pretty much said it. Like I We've had discussions literally from the day that this all started day one when number one he didn't show up to training camp then we had another discussion when he filed the grievance and it's like man like you you really kind of screwed over the team there because if you Mm -hmm. think about it them right now them with dustin bufflin looks completely different than them without dustin bufflin because he does have an impact on the team. It's not like he doesn't have an impact. You know, he he's still, when he's on the ice, in hockey shape, um, playing to his ability is a very effective player for any team. Pound for pound, probably the strongest guy in the league. You just need to look up a Dustin Bufflin highlight package to see uh, him, especially against the Golden Knights, pulling two guys at the same time. Oh, yeah. Scrub. His um, last thing on on Bufflin, I want to ask you guys about some of your favorite Bufflin moments. Mine was <clears throat> he flattens Aussie Kopitar, and then I think he knocks down Drew Doughty. Kopitar comes in, and at the same time, just throws him to the floor. And Aussie Kopitar is a big, strong man. That or the Mark Stone. That if this is the end for Dustin Bufflin, what are some of your guys' most memorable moments from his career? A forward, um, and he was on that uh, energy line with the Blackhawks, and would and, like Andrew Ladd was centering him, and I don't. Every time he kind of, uh, you know, drove to the net or went for like really those timely goals, you know, it was like that enthusiastic guy you would want in your top nine. Mm-hmm. Alex, uh, I I think him in with Chicago playing forward, like Daniel said, I think that's just. You, you know, it is kind of funny because I don't know if you necessarily look at the way he plays now and say, oh, man, that guy used to be a forward. No, you don't. Um, and I think for me it, and now, probably the, the moment <laughs> where he just pulls two gold knights off of someone. Uh, t- off of whoever the hell he was playing them off of. I don't even remember who it was. 
Uh, and actually, one, one more one more thing for real here. This is also from Frank Saravalli. Uh, quote, if Dustin Bufflin has decided to hang him up, there are only eight Atlanta Thrashers still active in the NHL. That'd be Blake Wheeler, Brian Little, Andrew Ladd, Ilya Kovalchuk, Evander Kane, Ron Hainsey, Zach Bogosian, and Braden Coburn. Oh, I forgot. What an illustrious. I forgot Ron Hainsey was an Atlanta Thrasher. Holy yeah, he was captain know. for a bit. Oh, Lord. Was he? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's that speaks for itself. Anyway, guys, we actually have some signings this week. Uh, the St. Louis Blues sign uh, Sammy Blay, former Habs fan when he was a kid growing up. I always mention him when the Blues come in. He gets a contract, but I don't really think we care about him signing two years extension, one point five AAV. Instead, we'll from the Montreal Canadiens for a conditional Sorry, fourth and a second-round pick. Cut out, you cut out there. Say it again. So, Marco Scandell, of course, defenseman that the St. Louis Blues acquired from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for a 2020 second-rounder and a conditional 2021 fourth-rounder. They extend Marco Scandella to a four-year deal, $3.2 million AAV. And the reason this is a weird contract, Alex, why? Well, I think it's weird in two ways. I think, number one, it's weird. In, we've had discussions before, I think, on and off the podcast, in that, man, like, what is the, what's the max this guy is right now? Prob- a, a fifth. A fifth. Dep- if you're struggling on the left side, you can potentially play him fourth uh, uh, top four minutes. So, like, in Montreal... You can play him. The left side isn't that strong. You can play him on the left. You can play top four minutes. In Buffalo, you can probably play him top four minutes. It just seems like number one. Okay, four years, I guess, is fine. He's only 30 years old. Um, but to sign him for what? Uh, 3.4? Is that what the number is? Yes. 3.4 seems mm-hmm. like a, a, a tad high. Considering and number two, I guess considering the situation they're in. Uh, Sorry, three point three point two seven five. Okay, three point two seven five. Considering the situation the team is in, you know, you brought in Justin Falk at the beginning of the year, kind of as insurance, just in case uh, Alex Petrangelo does leave, and now you sign Marco Scandella at three point two, and it's not like the the team doesn't know what's going on around them. You know, we, we've talked about it, I think, a couple episodes ago. The cap is not going up. Now, I think it'd be hard to believe that it's going down, and I think uh, Chris Johnson talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago on uh, Steve Dangle podcast, saying he'd find it hard to believe if the cap went down as well. So... You know, you're, they're, they're really tight unless you're getting rid of someone and they're, if they're betting on a compliance buyout, I don't know how many players on their team you're really looking at and saying, hey, let's buy him out. I think the first name that comes to mind for me would be Alex Steen. He's making mm-hmm. over $5 million. That opens up cap space, but I think that would leave them somewhere around $8 million in cap space. Which, hey, uh, I believe the number to – originally at the beginning of the year, people were saying that Petrangelo was looking. I believe it was like 10 to 11. Um, 
Drew Dowdier and Carlson the St. Louis were looking to try and get him for the L. Rackman Larson deal, which of course was eight years. I believe it's 8.25, well, the same as John Carlson. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, a member of that OA draft, which we'll uh, talk about a little later here. Daniel, what's your take on how, or sorry, what this signing means for an Alex Petrangelo deal? Um, I'm looking at this now where I, two things. I agree with Alex on the one where they're kind of being irresponsible with their cap. Um, I'm looking at their situation right now. Um, they're pretty okay, but yeah, looking at some of these deals, like Alex Steen, he's 5.7 million for two more years. Um, and something I found pretty crazy was, I know he used to be their starter, but Jake Allen is making yes. almost as much as Jordan Bimington for the same term. Um Two, two for two years and one thing I don't know I'm looking at the Scandella deal where is it did they do it out of like yeah, maybe they look at the fact and I, I just remember this they lost Jay Bomeister and his, his yeah. career probably done after that medical yeah. situation I remember exactly what it was so maybe that's them covering their bases there because I mean Jay Bomeister was a top six defenseman at this point in his career so mm-hmm. but Four years to a guy. You also give up. Montreal get that fourth rounder next year as a result of this. So I don't know. Maybe that's their. Well, maybe that's okay. what they're trying to do. Sorry, yeah, like the Petrangelo deal. Oh, sorry. No, just to clarify. So I have uh, their cap friendly page up right now. Next year they have committed seventy nine and a half million dollars. The cap right now is eighty one and a half, and it's not going up. So. I just want to kind of go on on what you guys were saying about them losing Jay Bowmeister, which is true. Uh, how much is he making right now? Three point two five. You're telling me, and yes, Jay Bowmeister is a good shut. Right? What what is Jay Bowmeister to the St. Louis Blues? Veteran guy. Veteran guy. What does he do well at this point? Um. He's a smart player. He's kind of like, not to the same extent, but he's. I think you can look at Jay Bomeister and say he's kind of like what Zidane Char is, but he knows what he can and can't do. He's a smart defenseman. He's been around. Like he, the guy's an Olympian, right? Right. So, yeah. you're he's adjusted his game, I think, coming to St. Louis. Um, like, you know, early in his career, like, yeah, he could, like, quarterback the power play. But I know that, like, it's, like, kind of, like, that all-around type of role player where you kind of just put him where he needs to be and like he's not going to like wow you with but he's a bottom his game pa- anymore but yeah. he's a bottom pairing defenseman sorry you cut out oh like yeah i agree like given st louis's depth he is like a bottom pairing defenseman <clears throat> at this point to me this move i i don't even know what this move looks like because it, it, it to, at first glance it kind of looks like we don't know if Petrangelo's coming back or we know Petrangelo's coming back. We're betting on compliance buyouts and we're hoping that Petrangelo takes um, a lower salary than than expected. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking at their minors minor league right now. Like they don't. I mean, they have Andreas Borgman on the they- left side. They do have a defenseman. I forget his name. Uh, he just won the Hobie Baker oh, in the NCAA. Oh, yes. Scott Perunovich. He's like supposed to be offensive defenseman. I remember hearing about that. Right. 
Is he going to be Alex Petrangelo? No. Uh, we we have gone this for a little longer uh, than originally, but it was a, bit, a good bit there, but I say we move on. Yeah. Um, I see one quick thing. Uh, Alex pointed this out to me. I love how Marco Scandella signs in the St. Louis Blues, and all of a sudden Alex Petrangelo starts trending in yeah. Toronto. <laughs> Well, listen, I, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, he's like, I'm telling you as a Leaf fan, he's not coming to Toronto. I don't think so. How are they going to afford that? I don't they, know. They'd have Magic. So much. Magic. They'd have to get rid of, I think Chris Johnson threw out the thing of, they'd have to trade like three different, you'd have to trade one of the big four. Yeah. But, and that's, oh, that's not sure. going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, even with the buyouts, uh, or if there's possible compliance buyouts, okay. I don't see Toronto doing that at all. Guys, you know it's a great country. Uh, it's a great country. Exactly, Finland, aka Winland. They've produced some really good goalies over the past couple of years. One of the, which includes uh, Jonas Korpisalo, who has just signed a two-year extension with the Columbus Blue Jackets, two point eight million dollars per. I don't know about you guys. Two point. Cat Friendly has it as 2.8. Did I say Oh. I, you said 2.8 on Sportsnet. I'm checking right oh, now. Oh, 2.8. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought when we first talked about it, I thought I said 2.3. Never mind. Yeah. Well, hey, um, regardless, a good little bridge deal for Sergei Bravovsky's replacement and superior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jonas Corposalo has been weird. It, it's, it seems like a weird uh, career trajectory for him because when he first kind of came to the league you know Sergei Bobrovsky was there um, there was such high hopes for your Jonas Corposalo you know we all expected him to be this elite elite goalie and it didn't really turn out to be that way he had like his first two years in the NHL were they were good like they were okay then he had a a weird couple of two years. Then last year with Bobrovsky, there was a point I'm pretty sure he was starting over Bobrovsky. Yeah, for like certain stretches. For certain stretches. And then and then this year, again, with him and Elvis Merzlikens. Um, great name. Great name. Yeah. Really, I kind of caught the league off guard because we all expected Columbus to not do very well. That's very fair. That's very fair. Um, I, I just, I don't know why, but my first reaction to this deal was, all right, let's check how old he is. Oh, he's a UFA at the end of this deal, and I just get scared that he's going to leave for Columbus. <laughs> like, if I'm John Trillerell, I'm like, sweet, I got a goalie for two more years, and then what's going to happen after that? But mm-hmm. I like um, the deal regardless. I think it's safe, and I think he's a good goalie. Yeah. For me... It's pretty interesting, like what Alex said, where tracking his career. I remember when he was drafted, he was like the first pick in the third round in 2012. And I remember when that was Columbus, when they really wanted to emphasize goaltending. Like, and he wasn't even their number one guy in that draft. It was Oscar Dadsk, who went 31st. And I remember like the organization put so much hope on him. And just to see Corpusal like come out of that and be that guy. Even Ed Forsberg had some time before Corpusalo as well. Yeah. Before he got traded in the Panarin deal. Um, yeah, like this guy, I think he's earned it. No, I forgot he was an all-star this year, but he didn't play due to his knee injury. Um, 
But yeah, great deal for Columbus, and we'll see what they could do with it. Mm-hmm. They still need to learn how to score. They do. Um, but hey, I'll, I'll tell you this as a Habs fan. If you have a decent goaltending, if you have a uh, decent goaltending, sorry, you can make up for not scoring some good goals. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell you that. It helps having a few uh, good defense on your back end, too. Lads, I don't think I've any I've ever seen something more crazy as um, I saw the Washington Capitals on Instagram put up a picture advertising that the great eight, that's, of course, Alex Ovechkin will face the great one, Wayne Gretzky, in NHL 20 on April 22nd in support of COVID-19 relief. So I want to... For, I gotta stretch this out here. So Wayne Gretzky, guys, for those of us who forget, is 59 years old and is going to be playing NHL 20 against Alexander Ovechkin. What time is it at? Because April 22nd is a, is the Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I, so I'll, I'll get the results. I mean, are you not gonna watch it? I no. just who no. came up with the idea? Yeah, to call up Wayne Gretzky and say, "Wait, do you want to play games with Alex Ovechkin?" Who thought? I mean, I guess it's going to be entertaining. I I don't know how why. Wayne figures out how to pass the puck. I'll be surprised. Yeah, Yeah. apparently he's played the game a few times though, and Ovechkin, according to Sportsnet, is more of a Fortnite player. Of course, so you know maybe it's a bit more balanced. Yeah. I no, I refuse to be that way. You think Wayne plays with the Oilers, or do you think he's like, nah, St. Louis? Yeah, I think St. Louis. No, yeah. I think he plays with the Rangers. No, the no. Canada Cup 1982 like, team. I don't know. Do you think Gretzky plays with the Oilers and doesn't throw McDavid for the shootout? <laughs> Crawford's on the bench losing his mind. Just a fun little thing going on. And, of course, a great cause to support COVID-19 research. Mm-hmm. Uh now, this next point is a very personal one for me as a Habs fan. The general, Andre Markov. Uh, his agent announced a few days ago that he would be retiring from the game of hockey. Andre Markov, of course, finishes tied second in all-time Habs scoring as a defenseman. That's 572 points in 990, 10 games short of the Silver Stick 1,000 games. The general, when you think of – I'm going to go on a bit of a tirade here. I have to. When you think of it, I was telling, I told you both this um, off stream, but when it came to Montreal's power play, we all think of the big shot from Shea Weber before that PK Subban, but it was always through Andre Markov. Subban did this fantastic thing on social media about like how like highly he thinks of Markov, how good of a defenseman he was. Um, I, and I, I said this to Daniel that I don't think PK Subban win the Norris Trophy without Andre Markov. They have been stapled together, or they were whenever they were teammates. Of course, Markov had a bit of um, disagreement with Montreal, and Mark Bergerman especially left in 2017, went to go play with Kazan Akbars in the KHL, where he actually won the Gagarin Cup, that's the KHL's championship, then went to Lokomotiv, and they were not going to re-sign him. And that was it. Um... What are your guys' thoughts on Andre Markov as a as least fans who really saw him playing behind PK Subban? Honestly, you probably know more about Andre Markov than I do. Um, yeah. yeah, growing up, he was always like that consistent guy for Montreal. I remember when I first got into hockey, it was like Andre Markov, Sakukoivu, um, 
Do you remember Jeff Hackett? I remember he was like the goalie for a bit. Yeah. Before Jose Theodore. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. He's always been that guy where, like, when you think of Montreal, you think of Andre Markov. Like, he's always kind of been there, no matter how much like the roster changed. Like when it went from that to like the Subban era, um, it's kind of something where like when he didn't re-sign him, I found that so odd because he actually had a good, like a really good season going into like free agency. Thirty-six. Well, what happened was Montreal's left side had they had all of a sudden uh, Alexi Yemelin was playing by the Golden Knights. They traded Nathan Beaulieu, and then Markov said, "Hey, idiots! You don't have anyone else. Give me two years per." Montreal has a probably. He wanted five per. Okay. For two years. And he just came out with 36 points. And it's it's Andre Markov, dude. Like, seriously. Wait. So Bergevin, and he didn't have, Montreal didn't have a left side, so he had all the leverage. So Bergevin said, I'm going to give you one year or you walk. And then he walked. And then he did the <laughs> the red block. And, and Montreal's left side to this day has not recovered. Wait, Mark Bergerman, <laughs> Mark Bergerman didn't do the right thing? What a surprise. Anyway, though, um, <laughs> Andre Markov, oh. World Junior. Here's give you a sense. Markov played in the World Juniors in 97 and 98. Oh, my God. How, he is how a, old is he now? He's 30. He's 41 years old. Good Lord. He was drafted in 1998 in the sixth round. What a steal. I mean, yeah. He drafted back in the day when there were nine rounds in the draft. That's how long ago Andre Markov played for. And um, Alex asked me if there was any thought that Andre Markov might be a coach. Um, he seems to be a very big family guy. Um, I think his wife's like a singer or something, and or his, his new wife is. And... They were, I remember when he left Montreal and he went to Russia, his wife put this like music video, and it's all about like family. It's really corny. Um, oh, I gotta see this. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try and find it. I'm gonna, I, it's on Instagram somewhere. Uh, I think Markov, he put it up somewhere. But I just want to say congratulations on the great career to Andre Markov, and goddamn it, Montreal, just uh, ten games away from a Wait, thousand. Wait, I just, have a question. Just, yeah. Okay. Do you think he because you know it seems like he kind of left on a salty? It was a bit of a salty ending in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Did that? Did Bergman ever fix that relationship? I don't know because um, there was rumors earlier in the year when Markov was looking to come back that Montreal didn't have interest because, the, to his credit. Were you going to bring back a 40-year-old when you were had Sherratt, Mete, Kulak, and, you know, some guys like all the light-skinned and waiting in the AHL? It makes sense. Like, see what you want about him not re-signing him in 2017. Bringing Andre Bark- Markov back this year made sense. When it comes to the relationship, I just honestly, I couldn't tell you. But I, I would hope that Markov would, you know what, like come back if they asked him to do something. Because I know Jeff Molson tweeted out we can't wait to celebrate your career again uh, at the Bell Center so there, there's a clear indication that they want to celebrate him again and bring him back so and they, they've kept they've kept very close to Thomas Placanic since he left as well yeah. so Leafs great <laughs> I almost oh my god I, I can't believe you said that 
I'm not even gonna bother to ask you guys to give your thoughts on Andre Markov because I know you're not gonna say anything. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I, I don't know what to say to either. Of you. All right. So, <laughs> Guy played like 20 games and what six playoff games for the Leafs. Oh. No, I played seven. He was there at the bo- first boss in here. Yeah. No. Yeah. He was no, we love him. Don't worry. I mean, he's a Montreal guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Didn't he play with, like, who was the line he was with, like, Marlon and someone? He was actually pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah, it was, it was like, going back and forth between the third and the fourth, I remember. When Kadri got suspended because Kadri got suspended, uh, he played with, I believe, Marlo and Marner. He's a hey, he's a good player, Thomas Mechanics too. Really good player. Uh, looking though, um, so shout outs, guys. You want to talk about Etsy first, Alex? Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell the listeners what we got planned for next show quickly? Uh, yeah, so we're gonna do some quarantine lists. I'm not gonna tell the people what the lists are. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me because I forgot about bizarre adventures. Um, next Sunday's episode. Sorry. Oh. So not next. So, but the one after that. So next Sunday, thanks to our friend Tala at um, at Ryerson, he asked me to if we could talk about. He didn't. He he. His message to me was, I didn't realize how bad the fourteen fifteen Leafs were. He's like, you guys should talk about it. I go, you know what? You're the first person to ever request something. I'll I'll take it. So next Sunday, we're gonna talk about fourteen fifteen and fifteen sixteen. Which are pretty um, much, which are pretty much the two worst years in recent memory. Don't we have the other person coming on oh, next Sunday? Yes, we do, yeah. and we have my friend coming on. Um, he goes to Arizona State, and we're going to talk to him about NCAA hockey. Hey, did you guys see? Do you see? Do you guys see Will Baldwin's Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Uh, did you see this, Daniel? It was about basketball. Mm, I don't think I. We follow each other. So, Will Baldwin, of course, we've brought him up on the show. Guy who goes to Ryerson with us. Uh, also, uh, sports editor now for the eye-opener on Ryerson. Um, he said something about, like, he, he basically took the side of the NCAA, how the free education was a really good thing, and, like, going against the whole thing of the NCAA or correct you don't pay their students. It, it was a little bit different, though. I think he was arguing you can get I – saw, I saw a lot, most of it. I didn't read all of it. Because I didn't understand half of it, but I, there was an argument he was making about um, getting more money, and he used Zion Williams Williamson as an example, who because of his uh, really because of his season at Duke, got a hundred million dollars from uh, shoot was it Nike or Adidas? One of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a shoe deal worth a hundred million dollars at twenty or nineteen. Oh. It's crazy. I remember John Wall had that as well with the Wizards coming in. It's like these crazy deal. These crazy like not like sometimes they're even lifetime deals with these places where you guys have never even stepped foot in the NBA yet, and they're already making as much as like Jordan did in his Wizards days. Yeah, it's, it's a more on shooting than uh, than Connor McDavid makes in his entire career. Yeah. To be honest, I don't really understand the whole system that they that the NBA implemented with their G League. Mm-hmm. 
like first reading about I, I it didn't make sense to me does it really benefit the player if they're really just playing x it seems like all they're doing is playing exhibition games yeah they're playing against pros but again i don't know the system as well as someone else does like as other people do so i'm not gonna make a take a hot take on this one okay if there's only one thing i can kind of take from this like just from my own opinion is like using the zion williamson example is kind of like using like okay, i'm not saying they're comparables but like using like the connor mcdavid in 2015 draft like not everyone's gonna be a top tier talent getting no, like these kind of deals of course no, i think he used that as the example because the guy who signed in the g league was the clear-cut number one yeah overall pick that's who so it's, that would be i don't know i don't know enough about it to it's say a bigger yet. trend yeah yeah it just it's just really different in basketball where they don't have you know like an nhl like you have these guys that like they get drafted in junior and then only some of them go to ncaa like it's so fixated on the ncaa in basketball that like they have to have that one and done rule like no one could go out of high school right so yeah but that's an interesting story to kind of like follow up follow on as well for sure i'm i'm trying to find this markov video and i think mika zabanachad helped him out because zabanachad's a dj right so um <laughs> Or like he did some sort of on it. I don't man, because the Banajad's a G. Even though Ranger fans overrate him because he gets to play with uh Terry Tanera. One of the few times a winger carries a centerman in this league, but uh anyway, lads, shall we give some shout outs? Daniel What have you been doing when it comes to riding in that? Because I uh we've been putting you've been telling us about some uh, some features you've been riding, so then- Oh yeah, so this one is uh I've been working on this for well, it was, you know, here and there, you know, it was an up and down kind of process of rewrites because I started this in September and I actually pitched it to uh, Iris and Folio and it got accepted, but I didn't know where I was going to go with it. It's on um, my own personal journey with the Nike Air Force One. And it just how nostalgic that shoe's kind of been for me. Yeah. Uh, I included all my like sports love for it or my like, fashion i guess kind of stuff with it and just why i really love the shoe and um i got it published on my medium account so i hope you guys got to take a look at it yep good article congratulations uh alex what about your feature um so for uh school uh we got to publish our piece on t.community which is essentially just um it's all pretty much second year ryerson journalism students uh, and I got last week. I got my uh, first piece published about a restaurant at Young and Steels. It's a burger restaurant. Uh, it's been open since 1964, and is pretty much and pretty much looks the exact same. And the food, on point. There you go. I love that place. It's Thank you Golden for writing Star. that, Alex. Sorry. It's called Golden Star. I guess I should have said that before. And uh, I'm guessing all our, we'll put all the links to our features in in the link of the podcast. So check those out. And gentlemen, to finish off the show, it is the main little segment there. We've actually finished off the power hour. We haven't done this in a while, but do you guys, I know like this is very all of a sudden, do you guys have have a a read of the bye week? Um, I just started reading a book. 
What's the book? Uh, it's called Young Leafs. What's it about? Uh, it's about the the new generation of the Leafs. On the cover, funnily enough, funny enough, it is um, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, and Nikita Zaitsev. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's written by Gary Joyce. It's actually I I just started it. Uh, I'm hopefully gonna finish it this week. After tomorrow, I don't have anything else left for school, so hopefully going to get to Congrats. finishing that book. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, finish that and uh, really focus heavy on this podcast. But, yeah, that's my read so far. I haven't finished it. I just started. Hey, Daniel, are you reading anything? Yes, seven seconds or less. So it is called uh, My Season on the Bench with the Running Gun in Phoenix Suns of 2006. Okay. So it's Jack McCollum. Uh, he was a journalist that actually got to be with Phoenix. And this was the whole time where, like, it's not really revolutionary now because, like, everyone's kind of playing that three-point high-octane type of offense. But this was when Steve Nash was winning his back-to-back MVPs for Phoenix. And they were kind of, like, revolutionizing the game where, you know, they didn't have the traditional lineups and they were, like, running up and down the court just shooting a bunch of threes and like a bunch of pick and rolls so i know it's a good slice of nostalgia for me speaking of phoenix i sent you guys this last night or this this morning the (laughs) the phoenix suns passed on Kawhi leonard in the draft i think they uh, drafted markeith morris yeah because he sweated too much during his interview. Kawhi? Yeah. Yeah. See, these are the decisions. Like, if you see the coincidence, why they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. <laughs> well, they just made it in Daniel's freaking NBA draft, whatever. Oh, yeah, true. I, I, I led them in the game, but, you know, it just... If only I could translate to reality. The 200, so I still love the team. <laughs> the 200 basketball men truly do exist. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so here's the part of the show where, man, I feel like this is going to – Alex, I feel like you love doing these drafts. I love doing everything. I have Every couple of days I get the itch to record a podcast, and then I just have to wait one full day. Yeah. I I like doing the podcast, but I'm going to tell you this. I hate doing drafts. Oh, I like love this. doing drafts. I'm not happy that we have to redo our other one when we get the draft results. I hate it so much because I hate the speculation. I hate the debate of position over best player. But this one I actually had a lot of fun with because we're looking at the 2008 NHL entry draft, a.k.a. all the defensemen in the world. So we're going to go through 1 to 15 and we're going to say who we would rank in what order now. Now, just for some context... I'll just quickly read off how it actually went in 08. From 1 to 15, Tampa selected Steven Stamkos. Decent pick. The LA Kings drew Dowdy. Decent pick. The Atlanta Thrashers selected Zach Bogosian. Oh, boy. Uh, following him, the St. Louis Blues, Alex Petrangelo. By the way, three of the four people we've mentioned so far are Olympians. Fifth overall, the Toronto Maple Leafs selected Luke Shen. Hi, and guy. Crowd goes mild. Six, Columbus look Nikita Filatov. Ooh, 53 games played in the league. Nashville, Colin Wilson. Phoenix, Mikhail Bulker. The Islanders, Josh Bailey. Vancouver, Cody Hodgson. The uh, Buffalo, sorry, uh, Chicago, Kyle 
Beach, who I've never heard of because he, he never played, played in the NHL. Yeah. Buffalo select Tyler Myers, LA Colton Tuber, Carolina Zach Boychuk, and probably if you look back at the best pick in this draft, 50th overall, the Ottawa Senators select their future captain, multi-time Norris Trophy winner Eric Carlson. Okay, guys, I say that we start at one and we go down to 15. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, start yeah. us off. Who did you select? Sorry, you cut off. He muted himself. Okay. Um, Who would you select at number one? Okay, number one, Eric Carlson. Of course. Number two, no, Drew Doughty. No, just number one. Just number one. Oh, just number one. Sorry. Don't get ahead of yourself. No. <laughs> you select Eric Carlson first overall, you said? Yes. Yes. Why? Um. Okay, so like not looking at his San Jose days, he well, this- has arguably been in conversations as one of the best players in the league. Um, injuries, you know, kind of slowed him down here and there, but like in terms of the acolytes and for what he was kind of given in Ottawa, the team around him, he still excelled regardless. Yes. Yeah. I have Eric Carlson number one too. Uh, hey, guess what? Um, I have Eric Carlson number one as well. Um, just for context, the man has two Norris trophies. He should have four. He, I think if you want to get a sense of how good Eric Carlson is, you just need to go to the 17 playoffs and look how he carried the Ottawa Senators there on a the single leg. And um, when we talked about our favorite players to watch, I mentioned Eric Carlson. I've been a massive fan of the guy for a really long time. Eric also, Carlson looks- up until this year, though, right? <laughs> yes, Eric Carlson up until this year. Sure. Um, I still like him. Good, decent-looking dude. Great mustache, great hair, and he looks good in a suit. Yeah. And he dresses up like pirates with uh, Victor Hedman. So what's not to love? <laughs> uh, second overall, Alex, who did you select for the LA Kings? Uh, second overall, Steven Stamkos. Two rocket, two rocket Richards, 832 points in 803 games, 422 goals. Decent player. Yes, you know, he. yeah, he plays for the Tampa Bay Lightning who recently have been absolutely stacked. Yes, he's had injury troubles, but I think that just all speaks for itself. All the things I said before speak for itself. Indeed. Uh, Daniel. Uh, I already kind of said it. Drew Doughty. I had him second. It was actually really hard for me to put either Stamkos or Doughty, but I was going to go for Doughty. He's just been like a consistent rock for... The Kings, um, he has the acolytes, like we said, Olympic, gold medals. Um, by the way, I, I still find it crazy. He made the team as a 20-year-old uh, in 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he has a Norris Trophy. And it just, yeah, like he has it for like from 2015 to 2019. He, he didn't miss a game. Really? Yeah. He has Damn. the most uh, games played, right? Yeah, right now. Okay. Um, in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh boy. Yeah, he's he's got. Uh, yeah, he's got like uh, uh, fifty games on Josh Bailey. Like when I think of like right, how right, uh, right side like franchise guys who could play like that two way game, I think of Drew Doughty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, I have Steven Stamko second uh, because of what Alex said. Uh, I I think of course he's probably he could probably still hit that fifty goal mark if he didn't have all those injuries and that. 
Um, and, he, and he likes ketchup chips, which is um, <laughs> the most important thing, of course. Real Canadian boy. we're evaluating I remember, <laughs> I remember when he was almost a free agent and everyone said, he'll be, he'll, he's coming to Montreal because he's friends with P.K. Seelan. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Saying. Yeah, see, that's what... <laughs> that's what they were saying in Montreal. Is that what they That's saying? how bad Montreal gets free agents nowadays. Anyway, third overall, Daniel, I'll start with you because if you don't have Stamkos here, we need to have a chat. I have Luke Shed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, Steven Stamkos. <laughs> Why is Stamkos here? Um, like, basically the same thing you guys said. Like, He's an elite guy and I think when he like came into his own in 2010, like, I really thought, like, if, like, he was one of the best players. Like, he's still one of the best players. Like, I thought he was, like, arguably, like, in that top three category. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I admit, like, injuries have kind of slowed him down. Um, and I even look at, like, his playoffs. Like, when they went to the finals in 2015, like, he wasn't the most dominant guy on Tampa. Like, he didn't kind of carry them the same way, I thought. Didn't he come back from the blood clot that year? No, he played the full season in 2015. Oh, okay. Everyone. Um, yeah, and it just kind of like even now when I like, okay, like that is not knocking him, but it's a kind of thing where like I think it's just the way Tampa is so stacked. Um, he, he, he doesn't always have to be that guy and it doesn't really always show. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, elite centerman, not saying anything bad about it. It's just, it was just a taking Dowdy over Stamkos. Yeah. Well, he can only score 40 goals, not 60. That is the uh, – if that's the argument about a player, then I think you're pretty awesome there. Alex, who do you have third? Uh, number three, I have Drew Doughty. Mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of goes on what Daniel was talking about when why he picked Doughty at second. I think for me, I think the reason I, put, I picked Stamkos over Doughty really is that now, now looking at Stamkos, yeah – at the beginning, I don't think you could say this, but I think now you can say he's really changed in uh, how he's played. And, you know, he was that goal scorer. Now he can still score goals, but he can also play that two-way game. Mm-hmm. And as a center, if you can play that two-way game and you can score goals, I think that says a lot. It's it's nuts how last year I didn't I ninety I didn't realize how good he really was last last season ninety eight points forty five goals holy crap oh uh, boy scammer if only you could score in the postseason though then maybe uh, maybe you would have been a bit better there uh, I also have Drew Doughty here an underrated thing about Drew Doughty's game to me is nobody plays more minutes than that guy except but maybe now Thomas Shabbat but Drew Doughty I have a joke whenever I watch, and for some reason, whenever the Kings are in Montreal, I try and go to those games because I love I love Kopitar and Dowdy um, as players. I mean, and I always have this joke where I'm like, "Is Drew Dowdy ever going to get off the ice?" Because he honestly <laughs> never does. Fourth overall, I have Alex Petrangelo. Uh, Alex, who do you have? Alex Petrangelo. And Daniel, who do you have? Alex Petrangelo. Lucian. Well, I think, and the reason. <laughs> I didn't ask for any explanation here is this is a guy who I don't believe has ever won a Norris trophy somehow. But if we talk about Alex, me and you especially have talked about what a real defenseman is. The prototypical defenseman in the league nowadays is somebody who can't play in his own end, but is offensive. 
And we talked about Victor Hedman's probably the best defenseman in the league because he can actually play both sides of the ice. Yeah. But I don't think Alex Petrangelo is very far behind. And it's a shame we're only realizing that after the Blues won the Cup last year. But this guy is probably your go-to guy for the Olympics. Consistent, can get you 50-plus points. 15 goals, but I give you average it out. And an amazing playoff performer as well as a defenseman. And, I mean, it, what else is there to really say about Alex Petrangelo? Not a whole lot. And, and I think that's yeah. a good thing. I just I want to be clear. King City, Ontario, where he's from. Yeah. I have no idea where King City is. It's like north. It's north of, of Vaughn. Yeah, north of Richmond. Yeah. Of Vaughan. It's like the equivalent right, of driving nice. to Pickering, just north. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm just, I like that. All right. I didn't. I uh, where didn't were find we? That I'm disappointed. I did it. No. Uh, fifth okay. overall, I selected Roman Yossi. Okay. I and this is where I hope that we would start changing each other. Of course, this would mean that Roman Yossi would be a Toronto Maple Leaf. So, uh, Daniel, <laughs> who did you select fifth overall? <laughs> Roman Yossi. Uh, and Alex, who did you I picked – right, right, hold, 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 hold. Before you, you talk about your guy then, okay. Daniel, I thought we were going to slam dunk here. Uh, Roman Yossi, why? Daniel. Um. Proven leader, you know, goal scorer. Um, I don't know. He, like, fit seamlessly. Like, I know it's a guy that he kind of was already good, but, like, after that Weber trade, like, he really came into his own. Um, well, he, he was too scared of Weber. That's why. He's not a, And Roman Yossi's not a real leader. He's only He only has the C because Weber left. Let's be honest here. Uh, <laughs> um, Just I don't know. Like, great, great player, consistent 50 points. He's been to the playoffs. He's, like, performed there uh it's like everything you kind of uh, everything you kind of want from this guy especially like he's one of those coveted left-handed defensemen that just goes like he could play both sides as well yeah. um kind of funny i can fit because where he was originally selected at 38 that was also a leaps pick like that they originally traded for like yannick perot years ago that's insane yeah um alex who did you select Fifth overall, John Carlson. Okay, why John Carlson over a guy like Roman Yossi? Okay, I think look if you watch John Carlson play, yes, I, I think it gets overused that sure he plays with uh, Ovechkin, especially on the power play. But if you put John Carlson on any power play, you're telling me he does not do the same thing. I think it's just too heavily. It's it put, a lot of people push John Carlson down because he plays with Alex Ovechkin. But I think if you watch him play, I think you would say that, yeah, man, like, I think this guy can do it with, with most, with most power plays. And sure, he, he's, he's not as defensive as let's say someone like Yossi or someone like I guess Petra, uh, someone like Petrangelo. But I think in this case. He's really shown himself the last couple of years that he does. He is that offensive guy, but he can also play defense. Not as well as Petrangelo, not as well as Doughty, but I think he can. He has the best of both, best of both worlds. Sorry. 
Sorry, Hannah Montana. I, I didn't even mean to say that. I realized that. I was <laughs> that. Damn it. Yeah, you, you talk about it. If we look at John Carlson's career, yeah. his let's say we're going to go before 2017. His highest point totals in all them was 2015 at 55 points. Then you go 17-18 to 20-20, 68 points, 70 last year. Already at 75 before the season was uh, suspended this year. Also, the year the Caps won the Cup, 20 points in 24 games played, 1,607 total. Um, a reliable guy and um, great name, John Carlson. I tried to find his name on Hockey TV, and uh, boy, if I knew how to screen share, I think what we should, we, what we should do, because I'm assuming we're going to do more of these in the future because they're really fun, um, that like we figure out screen sharing a bit better and we get like their stats up as we talk about a certain player. Okay. Like, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, moving on, number seven, Alex. Who did you select with the National Predators no, pick? Number six. No, no, seven, six, six. Sorry, I had Carlson. Um, yeah, sorry, come. Number six, I picked Braden Holtby. All right, why? I think we talk about goalies, and I think this year he had a bit of a weird year considering mm-hmm. they, they had Ilya Samsonov. But you look at what he was before Ilya Samsonov. Uh, everyone was talking about Ilya Samsonov and whether or not he was going to get a big contract. Uh, sorry, if he was going to get extended. I think uh, teams are really going to shy away in general from big contracts uh, going towards goalies. And you can thank uh, Sergei Bobrovsky for that. But I And Carey Price. And Carey Price, yeah. Uh, he's... He's. I think he's pretty consistent. Uh, Braden Holtby? Yes. He's a decent goaltender. I'll give you that. Yeah. He's decent. Does he have a Vezna? He has a Vezna, right? He has yeah. a Vezna. A Jennings, yeah. a Vezna, and a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty decent. His save percentage, just a quick thing, his save percentage has been above league out. Let's say 915 onwards more times than it hasn't been. Uh, and this year, plus the Capitals have not been good defensively this year, to add to your point there. Uh, Daniel, who do you have at number six? I also have Braden Holtby. All right. Uh, everything kind of said, like we've been talking about a lot, the Acolytes, um, bit of a weird season right now. And last year, you know, he was off. My uh, last two years too as well, even when they won the Cup, like that goals against average is kind of creeping up towards three. But – just like how he's been for the last five years, he's just been like so consistent for the Capitals. Um, steal, by the way, for them in the fourth round of this draft, yeah. 93rd overall. Um, and I still think, like, even if he doesn't stay with Washington, he's a franchise goalie. I'd say elite. I wouldn't say franchise. I wouldn't say franchise. Uh, I see, yeah, for, yeah I wouldn't. <clears throat> sorry, I wouldn't call him franchise goalie. I'd call him elite too. But I think if you look at, at you know, um, <clears throat> he came in a little bit later on than Ovechkin, but I think he's part of that core. Ovechkin, Backstrom, Holtby, uh, Carlson. He's part of that, essentially – uh, that era of Pittsburgh versus Washington in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, this is where six overall is where I have taken John Carlson, <laughs> and at seventh is where I've put in Brayton Holtby. Uh, Alex, who did you take at seven? At seven, I did take Roman Yossi. 
mm-hmm. pretty much for all the reasons you talked about uh, before. Uh, you know, he <clears throat> he's another one of those guys. I think, yeah, he does put up points, but I think. Did you guys talk about it? Um, his two way play. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's another thing, right? Like, I think it's another guy who where you have the best of both worlds. Obviously, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I'm gonna say in this episode. Um, so that's why I put him at seventh. All right, um, and you, Daniel, did I ask you? Sorry, you took it. No, uh, but yeah, it's John Carlson. Um, I actually like. I don't know if I keep doing this, like because he keeps talking about the same guys. But yeah, great player, elite. Um, really came into his own the last two years. And I remember watching this draft when I was a kid, and I remember when Philadelphia had this pick, the twenty seventh pick, and they traded it right before the selection for Steve Edminger. I don't know who that is. He's like a bottom pairing guy who, like, he was a bit of a journeyman. That I think he only stayed on Philly for like a year and a half, and they traded John Carlson for him. Nice, nice. That's pretty funny. That's I pretty just remember funny. that. That's all I always remember about John Carlson. <laughs> I don't mind seeing um, the Flyers mess up, to be honest with you guys. Also, one one final thing about John Carlson. Yeah. He was the guy that won the gold medal for the U.S. 2010. He scored in overtime against Martin Jones, um, and that ended Canada's streak of five medals. I remember well, that. Then we shouldn't draft him at all. <laughs> okay, Who cares I, about him. I really think at number eight, this is where it might get uh, interesting. Yeah, I, was, I, I don't know. I think pre, I think number eight's a very obvious one. I see, to be honest, if you say Dale Weiss, I'm just gonna leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> you texted me saying Dale Weiss, I'm putting him first overall. I'm like, man, I didn't even think about Dale Weiss in this. Well, he's he, there's a reason they call him the Dutch Gretzky. No, I I've never heard anyone call Dillies the Dostrowski. Yeah, I always love how complimentary players love to be Canadians, but star players are never like man. If you could just get somebody into the city to watch a game, you can sign them so easily. It's just so special. Everyone just doesn't want to be a hab, but then when they actually finally get the chance, they realize how awesome it is. Jesus Christ. Anyway, though, okay. Well, then, Alex, you think it's going to be a bit. Up in the air. Who did you take goals for eighth overall for the Phoenix Coyotes? Uh, Jordan Abra. No. Yeah. No. Why? Why, why Jordan Eberle? Mister Really Nice Guy, by the way. Really short. Though. I think you know what he he really got crapped on playing at Edmonton. He really just got demolished by the media, by the fans. You're telling me if Jordan Eberle played next to Connor McDavid. Like consistently, like consist like he was there for what one season with Connor McDavid or was he even there? I think he was there for a bit. When did McDavid was fifth drafted in fifteen? Right? Yeah. yeah. He struggled in the playoffs two thousand seventeen. I remember, um, and then yeah. that's when they traded him. Which is so dumb. Another Peter Shirelli, but I'm telling you, man. Like if it was like a cap saving thing. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Something idiots. stupid. Could have figured something else out. Hey, let's sign Milan Lucic. Huh? Let's sign Chris Russell. What? Uh, get out of Daniel, here. Daniel, who do you have eighth, Daniel? I feel yeah, like... Yeah, I also, I also have Jordan Eberle. Um, really? Yeah. 
you know, he made the all-star team for like a horrible Edmonton team, like 2012. Uh, that's when he had 76 points, 34 goals. And ever since then, he's been really consistent. Like I know last year was kind of a downer. He had 37 points in 78 games, but he still had nine points in eight games in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's my real junior boy. Like he's the one who scored like that game tying goal. Uh, I believe against Russia in two thousand and nine, where he like scored with like five seconds left. And yeah, can yeah. you believe it? Yes, I can. <laughs> Ice the puck. Um, I've actually gone. I have Everlay a lot later. Um, at, at I've actually selected Adam and Reek. Oh boy. Uh, no. You mean at eight? Eighth or, wait, so you, what did you do at eight? You said nine. No, I said eight. You said eight? Okay. Yeah, I said eight. At okay. eight, I selected Adam Henrique because, okay. first of all, Adam, fantastic. But seriously, Adam Henrique is a player to me that, first of all, nobody talks about how good this guy is two-way, and it's a, it's a crime. If you, want to just, and you, if you want to talk about offensibility, he scored 26 goals on the Ducks this year. On the Ducks, and he like you look at the like the games, sorry, the teams he's played with. It's been Anaheim on their tail end, and the Devils. Who went to the finals with the Devils? And what year was that, Daniel? 2012. So his second year in the league with Martin Broder. And then, Man, I remember that line: Kovalchuk, Parise, and Henrique as their wow. first line. That's look at them now. But then you just look at that now, and I just think if you put Enrique on a decent team, I don't know, I keep, I keep saying Enrique like I'm French. Henrique, Adam Henrique. I, I think he's a really good player, and I, I, it's just it's not even a question to put him here. I, I really like the player, and a good old Brantford boy. But uh, shall we go? Sorry? I had him a little bit lower. So who do we have, Alex? Who do you have at nine? At number nine, yeah, I have Cam Atkinson. That's a good job. Um, I think he brings different things to the game. I think, you know, you think of the Columbus. He really seems to me like if you think of the Columbus Blue, Blue Jackets, who do you think of? Rick Nash. God damn, I mean now, Daniel. I mean now. <laughs> John Tortorella. Okay. Gustav No, I think for me it's Cam Atkinson because he, he plays – it seems like he fits that John Torella system. Like he'll go into the corners. He'll throw a hit if he has to. And a guy who was good for like 20 goals of the off year. Scored 41 last year, 69 points. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. darn good player. Yeah. Good player. What about you, Daniel? Who do you have in nine? All right. Um, I also have Cam Atkinson. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna not talk about his because, like, Alex already gave a good description of what kind of player he is. But I just like him a lot, and also it's pretty funny. So this this draft was like prime Rick Nash, and I remember they kept trying to get talent around him. They kept getting lottery picks, and for some reason, Columbus, like, no matter where they drafted in the first round, like, they always kind of messed up, like. This year, they had like they took Nikhil Filatov, who was considered the second best forward, to Steven Stamkos coming into this draft, and then like their best player out of this was like Matt Calvert at fifth, and then it's in the sixth round, and then the next year they uh, took John Moore twenty first, but then like they took David Savard in like the fourth round, and then two thousand eleven when 
they traded their first round pick. It became Sean Couturier. So it's just kind of funny. And there, there's your Sunderman's play with Rick Nash. That um, yeah, that uh, that buddy who who was their GM that worked on Sportsnet. Oh, uh, uh, Doug McLean. Paul Holcomb. Doug McLean. The, the, you know what does he always yell about? I needed to get a Sunderman Rick Nash, but I never could do it. Uh, yeah, um, I have at night Jared Spurgeon, That's another defender who is good. But has been cursed by playing with the Minnesota Wild. Yes. Is the way. Yes. And we criticized the deal, and rightfully so, when it came out. But I really do think if Spurgeon hit the open market, he'd get that deal. He's a very good defenseman. And um, also, Spurgeon, cool name. That's a great name. I, um, and there's not really much else to say about Jared Spurgeon. Another consistent defenseman. And again, it adds to the theme of just how full of defensemen this damn draft is. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and this is a guy who's been like a consistent. I know we don't care about plus minus, but he has been a constant plus thirty three plus a few years ago with the Wild. Only like minus one to minus six the past few years. So, and you know, we talk about Pajot who had somehow the plus minus in Ottawa. If you're one of those players on a crap team like uh, like Minnesota or mediocre, then I think you deserve some sort of credit. But anyway, we go from what was the Islanders pick to the Vancouver Canucks at tenth overall. Daniel, tell me who the Canucks drafted and why I should care about this team to begin with, because I don't. All right. Um, he only moves one down from his previous spot, but I'm taking Josh Bailey here. Uh, um, he could play the center. He played play the left wing. Um, he played in the NHL right away, which was really crazy. Um, puts up the points. Like he, doesn't, he didn't really kind of show that early in his career, but he's become like a huge – part of like the Islanders offense and he's managed to put up like 70 70 points and make the all-star team without John Tavares hey I mean to be fair his best year was with Tavares though yeah Uh, I and like you see talk about games played in that Uh, he is he has the second most games played of anyone in this draft so a very worthwhile to mention there Uh, Alex 10th Jared Spurgeon Hey, I think, yeah, you you kind of said it perfectly in that imagine what he would be on a um, on a different team that's not the Minnesota Wild. Like I and yeah, the contract's not good, but like I I take him on the Leafs because they have no right-handed D. But if yeah. it was this yeah. draft, we'd have John Carlson. What? I'd, I'd still be taking Luke Chen if I was Stop uh, it. Beliefs. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. Um, no, I, I really like Jared Spurgeon. I think obviously him playing in Minnesota doesn't help uh, what's going, what he looks like. But he's still that consistent guy that I think any team would want. And he's right-handed, which there there goes his value up another million dollars. Look crazy to me that the Islanders didn't sign him to an entry level contract. Really? Yeah. Oh, New York Islanders, ladies and gentlemen. Who is GM? Uh, Garth Snow. Garth Snow, yeah. Garth Snow not doing something right? What? <laughs> Stop. Alex. Uh, <laughs> overall, actually, I'm Jake. Sorry. Who? Fan of Jake. Who? Garth. Jake Garth. Jake Garth. 
Because, listen, 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 listen. Okay. Okay, I'm listening. Because besides, listen, listen. Okay. Daniel, listen. I'm listening. Because besides, Alex, look. Listen, guys. Oh, besides his back injury, I'll, Jake Gardner, say what you want, is a fantastic offensive defenseman and a kind of player that doesn't come across, you know, the league easily. Um, and also, I don't think we hate him as much, or not hate him. That's that's not the right word. Do I? Am I upset he turned down Montreal for Carolina? Of course I am, but I, I think. There's a bit less stigma against Jake Gardner if he's not a Leaf and he doesn't have back-to-back terrible turnovers in Game Seven. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing for me is, you know, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't even have him in my top fifteen. Really? Yeah, and I think for him, it's not. It has nothing to do with Game Sevens. I think if you look at him as a whole, there's a lot of. Um, holes in his defensive game where yeah you know he's the pros are that he's really good in his um in his own end uh sorry in the uh, in the offensive offensive end but the the cons are that like man like he's really not good in his own end and yes the pros still outweigh the cons but i think to when you draft him you have to pair him with someone who can play that defensive game well. Which why Nikita Zaitsev was not a good partner for him. No. No, no, no. No offense and, to Nikita. Uh, also, good Jake, if you wanted some help on the defensive side, could have come to Montreal, could have played with uh, Shea Weber, and he would have done all the hard work for you. But no, you decided to go to Carolina. I didn't want the spotlight. That was what the issue was. Well, that's not my fault. Toronto fans bullied you for like a Montreal decade. Montreal fans would have murdered him. <laughs> he would have been in French. He wouldn't have understood. No, but... They just keep you, playing. You say, it's you, like everything's great. No, you say it perfectly. When you go play Montreal, you get hate in two languages. Yeah, no, that's Brian Burke. Okay, Brian says, Burke. Okay, Brian Burke said it. Okay. You're stupid in two languages. When you, but if it's good, they would have loved him. I'm just saying, Jake. Uh, 11 is where I have Cam Atkinson for Chicago. Uh, what about you two for 11? Um, Jared Spurgeon. Okay. Spurgeon. Spurgeon. What about you, Alex? I have Tyler Myers. Really? All yeah. right. Why big Tyler? Listen, he. you look at Winnipeg, and, and I know this year was really weird because um, – Obviously, it didn't. It didn't seem like as soon as he signed that contract in Vancouver, everyone just said, "You know what? Bad contract." And I think if you look at how he plays, I, I don't mind Tyler Myers at all, to be honest. So, and he won the Calder. So, uh, just saying. Big, he's strong. He punches people in the face. Exactly. And there's not... If Depending on who you ask, there's not enough of that in the NHL. Well, don't get excited on that. <laughs> Big, strong. He punches Jim Benning. I don't know. Let's try why Jim Benning loves him. Why Jim Benning? Yeah, it's not my fault he freaking breaks out as uh, the team's bank for that time of the year. Uh, what about you, Daniel? 
Uh, for twelve, I already said my eleventh. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're on twelve. Sorry. So uh, twelve. I have Tyler Myers. Oh, we're not. No, we're not. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we are. Who did you say? Yeah, I already Spurgeon. said my eleventh. It's Jared Spurgeon. Spurgeon. This is why I hate doing these lists. Not All right. That's um, the issue. It's cool. I'm <laughs> listening. I acknowledge what you said. I'm like, yeah, Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. He doesn't look Jared. But it's just like eleventh overall. Daniel took Jared Spurgeon. Yes. <laughs> Listen. You know how annoying it is to be like, all right, next, 7U, 7U, 8U, 8U. It's so freaking. Anyway, um, Daniel, why don't you tell me about 12 and why Buffalo are going to mess it up somehow? Well, 12 is um, Tyler Myers stays at 12. Um, and two reasons, like, was, yeah, like, okay, so this is one interesting So I remember reading about him was he was born in Texas. But he played for Canada at the World Juniors. Oh, so he's yeah, he's awesome then. Because he moved to Canada and he decided like he could play for either country, but he decided Canada because he's like, if it wasn't for moving to Canada, he wouldn't have played hockey. I like that. Uh, Wait, yeah. Does it, doesn't he have like a, a stepbrother or something that's like a basketball player? Uh, Tyler. I don't Myers. know. Well, yeah. Too many stories on this guy. There's there. I so, okay. Sorry. Yeah. You go, go on. I he's swear to God, this is a. Story. Okay, um, second thing was, um, yeah, like, when he won the Calder, everyone's like, oh, he's, like, one of the best defensemen out of this draft, and then things kind of, like, they didn't kind of go that way, and then I remember people were kind of, like, hating on him in Buffalo, and then that's why he was included in the Evander Kane trade, but then, like, yeah, he did become a star, but he kind of proved, even now in Vancouver, how consistent he is, or what Winnipeg's kind of missing with him. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I always forget he was... Uh, his- yeah. I found yeah, okay, so what, what is, Quentin what, Grimes yeah. is his brother. He is playing at it's the Houston Cougars men's basketball team. So the University of Houston. Yeah, I remember there was a story about it. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. What a weird, uh, not weird, but what a, what a cool family. Yeah. Texas and basketball and all that kind of stuff. They all have um, the height. Yeah, uh, yeah. Adam Myers is a monster of a man. Uh, Alex, who do you have a 12? Uh, Adam Henrique. Hey, Adam. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. Best name in the draft, to be honest with you. I mean, you uh, guys at 12, said it all before. So. Yeah. Um, at 12 is where I have Jordan Everly, by the way. Uh, the LA Kings, this is where they would have their second pick of the draft. Who do you guys have at 13? We'll start with Daniel so I don't forget him. <laughs> Okay, uh, for 13, I have Brody. Um, Interesting. I don't know. I feel like we're repeating ourselves against so many defensemen, but uh, yeah, yeah, consistent guy, uh, puts up the points. He's been a major factor of like Calgary kind of reemerging as like a serious playoff contender, borderline contender. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see where they go with their core, but yeah, he's been there for a while and he's really developed into kind yeah. of something, especially. Going 114th in this draft. Sure. Oh, that oh, eh? I think he, I think play. he. If there's a defenseman that they are going to resign, I think it is TJ Brody. Alex, while you're talking to me about the Toronto equivalent of the West in Canada when it comes to hockey, uh, also let me know who your 13th overall pick is. Uh, Derek Stepan. All right, that's a fair shout. Really, why him over a player like, let's say, Justin Schultz? 
It's Justin Schultz's 13th overall pick. No, no. He's not. <laughs> he's not. No, he's not. I have a forward, but I just. I was looking at names, like some extra names I have. Yeah. Like TJ Brody, I don't have a 15th pick, but I just saw that and thought, hey, let's just throw that name. I mean, other than the last two years, Derek Stepan has pretty much been a around 50 point guy since he stepped into the NHL after coming from uh, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess since playing in Arizona, I don't think things have gone necessarily his way. But when he was... Pardon? Like most players who go to Arizona. Yeah, and I think you look at his time in New York, and I think he was that guy who you can slot in at number two uh, as a second-line center, and it really isn't the worst thing in the world. And Fair I, enough. And, and and I think that's a lot of teams kind of miss miss that. And they draft all these guys and they throw a guy at second line center and say, okay, this guy can play second line center, but he really can't. All right. Um, that was – we're on 13. Yeah, we're on 13. Yes. Um, this is actually – I have Jacob Markstrom at 13. Uh, is there a factor to do with uh, the reason I have him so much lower is because he's taken a bit longer to get there, but I still think he's a fantastic goalie, and uh, I, I don't think there's much more to say. Um, I like, I'm a goalie person, and yeah. it's a bit easy to look at these drafts, rest, rest, you know, retrospectively. Of course, with goalies, um, you know, we got into the whole like um, Astrakov thing when we talked about the 2020 draft and that. So, I'm surprised uh, Daniel didn't take him first in this draft. And he yeah. was like seven years old. <laughs> so the Ducks move up. Select Jacob Markstrom. 14th. These are the Carolina Hurricanes. They love fun, but not paying their employees. Sorry, this is the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. Yeah, and 14th overall. Okay. Um, I took TJ Brody. All right, and I think I said uh, kind of Daniel said before, and that he's a, he's really is that two way guy, the epitome of a top four defenseman, I'd say. Yeah, like he's not top two, he's not like he is like a three four, he really is, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of what literally like he's two way, he plays three four, you can throw him top four minutes, literally that sounds like a great defenseman for me, Daniel. I have Travis Halmanick. Okay. Oh, sorry. Alex, no, no. I was going to say, and he can play the right side if he, if he okay. needs to. Daniel Halmanick, why? Yes, uh, Travis Halmanick. Not a lot of fancy numbers with him, but he's been like really consistent for the Islanders and the Flames. People are going to kind of rail on him because they traded Noah Dobson for him to the Islanders in that package of picks, but yeah, he's not gonna put up the points, but he's the type of guy where he's someone where, like I, I'm gonna say this again. Like I think someone like the Leafs could really use. There's a lot of things that could use. Yeah, <laughs> he's a bit of that sandpaper kind of guy, but he could skate really well. Um, I looked it up today, and like he has a pretty good Corsi rating, so you know, kind oh, of beneficial right. to the team. Oh, yeah, okay. I've always liked the guy. Are you nerd talking about advanced analytics? <laughs> Tell me about his Fenwick Fenwick four Corsi and his on ice save percentage for his team when he's on the uh, defensive zone or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, great guy. Um, so great I'll guy. take him. All right. 
Uh, I have Tyler Myers here for all the reasons previously mentioned. We'll finish off here. Fifteenth Ottawa. They've lost Derek Carlson in this draft, obviously. Uh, Alex, off. Who are you picking? Fifteenth. And they bring in another right-handed defenseman, Justin Schultz. I also have him fifteenth. Yeah, I I think Justin Schultz. Justin Schultz. Yeah. Another player that the Oilers failed. To really use. I, you know, I wonder what he would be if the Oilers didn't mess him up. Uh, well, like, I'm clearly bringing him up on Hockey TV, excuse me. I mean, he was like a solid 30-point guy. I mean, since he went to Pittsburgh, I mean, he's really had, he's had some health problems, but he had the one 50-point year. That's not really the type of player Schultz is. That was just a great year. But, I mean, I, I think they knew what they had. They just... Were the Oilers? Was he injured the year? Was he one of the defensemen injured? They won the cut that that when the Penguins won their first of two cups, back to back. So, the first one it was sixteen, seventeen, and seventeen, eighteen, right? No, I think Schultz was like he's the one that like he started playing like thirty five minutes a game. So because, he, like, he wasn't injured. Dumoulin and okay. Latang, yeah, Dumoulin yeah. and like Latang were rotating yeah. injuries. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, look at it like this: one of the years when did Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh, I think they won 15, 16, 16, 17, right? Because 18, 19 was um, 18, 19 was St. Louis. 17, 18 was Washington. So they yeah, won. Yeah, it was 15, 16 because that was the year the Leafs had the Penguins' uh, first round pick, then mm-hmm. traded it to Anaheim for Anderson and it ended up being the 30th overall pick. Yeah, like, deal. My boy. He played 15 games in that playoffs for assists. So that was probably the one he was hurt because he played 21 games for the second cup. So okay. was he hurt? Yeah. Again, who wasn't? Daniel, who do you have 15th? Um, before I say my pick, I have an interesting story about Justin Schultz. Okay. So two things. So he was really drafted by, by Anaheim, but he didn't sign with them, which really kind of annoyed me because he waited the last minute to be like, actually, I'm not signing with Anaheim after he played four years with Wisconsin. Also played with Jake Gardner. Fun story. Um, that's why I thought he was one of the Leafs. Um and it's kind of funny that he went to Edmonton because when – like this was the last time a restricted free agent um, changed teams. So Dustin Penner, after the Ducks won the Stanley Cup, signed with Edmonton and they gave away a first and a second. Um, that ended up being um, what became Tyler Myers, but they traded down to get other assets plus Jake Gardner. And the second-round pick became Justin Schultz. And then ironically, he went back to Edmonton. Oh no, poor Ducks fan. Oh no, now they only have like four all-star defensemen. Yeah, but that's that's a crazy story. Like you look at this draft, they they drafted Justin Schultz, they drafted Jake Gardner. Both of them got traded. It was yeah, but they just yeah, keep collecting the defensemen. Team, right? That's what I yeah. mean. I don't feel bad for the Ducks. I mean, they have Lindholm just around, you know. Um, Cam Fowler. It's just not even fair the amount of defense. Like the least supposed to be looking at Anaheim, saying like, like we're can we just buy their staff, their scouting staff? Can we take them. <laughs> they had Sammy Vatnin. Yeah, Sammy Vatnin. By the way, because like it, the season's probably not coming back. Oh boy, did Carolina really mess up on that deal? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, second rounder. We a lot of awesome defensemen have been drafted in the second round. Subban, Yossi, we talked about all that kind of stuff. Daniel, can we just? You're officially like you are a Leafs fan, right? Yes. I don't. Believe, uh, I don't believe. I just love either. hockey. 
no, no, you're not. You're, no, 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 no. Okay, you're, let's you're pretend no one else this, is listening. Pretend it's this, just the three of us. This forgot TSN internship is thinking like, okay, now I got to be the strict media member if I root for the game. No, 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 no. This is, this is a fact on this podcast. You are not a Toronto okay, – you might root for the Leafs, but you are not a Leafs fan. You are – you just told me that you were upset that a player did not sign with the Ducks. I don't get upset when somebody doesn't sign with the Vancouver Canucks. I get upset when somebody doesn't sign with the Canadians. So you are not a Leafs fan. You are a Ducks fan. The Why name of the podcast is Daniel is a Leafs fan. I mean, a Ducks fan. Why can't I be both? Your favorite – who's your favorite player of all time again? Uh, Mitch Marner. It's not – it's, it's J.S. Jaguar. Yeah, but, but J.S. Jaguar yeah. – sorry. J.S. Jaguar did have a stint with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, see, I, I started liking him on the Leafs. It's so funny. <laughs> as a duck when he didn't even win the cup. It was, oh, hey, when he was uh, the array of fantastic backup goalies who were washed up on the Leafs. <laughs> yeah. You are a Ducks fan. He's a Ducks you fan. Heard- <laughs> okay, before For we me, uh, get ahead of ourselves, can I say 50 yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I forget. Go, go. Um, of Adam Henry, you know, because he's a duck. No, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the same acolytes as like a lot of the other guys were World Juniors. Um, you know, he came in a bit young for the Devils. Like he, he came in like they had a lot of injuries, like Travis Ajak when he could still be known as a top six defense uh, centerman uh, was injured. They put him on the top line. He kind of he excelled. Even when they put him on like the third line going into the finals in 2012, excelled as well. The Devils kind of like got really bad after that, but like he still was a consistent guy. And on Anaheim, like you know, they're so deprived of offense. And outside of like Ryan Getzlaff, they don't have any more like centers kind of proving themselves. Like Sam Steele might become something who has had time in the NHL, or like Troy Terry, but as of right now, like Henry, <laughs> just been a consistent guy. Mm-hmm. Just keep singing the ducks and all these <laughs> It's from what I heard. I was it's looking... uh, from what I heard, not from like what I actively. Oh, yeah, if, yeah. If, here's the thing: Daniel is more of a fan of the World Juniors than he is a Leaf fan. Yes, I, <laughs> you know, I, 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 you would draft Anthony Stewart just because he was part of that legendary team. Yeah, tune in the next episode where we look at the old five draft where uh, <laughs> Daniel Price and Anthony Stewart for fifth overall. Okay, before... Daniel, who draft two thousand five? What? Who did the Ducks draft in 2005? My boy, Bobby Ryan. Exactly. Exactly. The most yeah, disappointing second. The only reason I even know that is because all I heard about that draft is that they almost got Sidney Crosby. Ryan Burke never showed. Every okay. time I see Sidney. If you look back on it, like he was a 70-point, like 30-goal scorer on the Ducks. This is when he went to Ottawa. Like That's when it all changed. Well, that and, you know, he wasn't playing with Getzlaff and Corey Perry on the power play anymore. Yeah, it was like you know he's probably playing above his neck there. But I mean, like skill wise, there isn't like Bobby Ryan, underratedly, has some of the best hands in the league. The guy is disgusting when he's getting when he's getting going. Luckily, he's turned his life around this year. Of course, that, that awesome Patrick came in. Yeah. Do you guys um, have any extra players that you didn't talk about that you think should get a, a, a shout out? Oh, I actually have a lot. If that's if I could go through that, sure. Man. <laughs> this I was very a, difficult. For I me only to make, have so. six. So wait, 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 wait. Before you go, I'm gonna predict what Daniel said here. Let me just get this up quickly. Okay, can um, I go through mine then as you're getting ready? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Gustav Nyquist. Yeah, good one. Uh, uh, Josh Bailey. I didn't. You, I think you guys had them in in your draft. I didn't put him in there. Uh, Jacob Markstrom. Um, I think. Zach Bogosian should get a shout out. Six hundred and forty-four NHL does games does mean something. Uh, Jake Gardner. Uh, I think Adam had his uh, had him in his. I don't know if Dan Daniel did you. Which one? Jake Gardner. No, I didn't have him. In. And I, last, I think I had him like twentieth. Uh, last but not least, Luke Shen. Because 759 yes. NHL games played does mean something. He was both some weirdly beloved in Toronto. Um, I loved him. When he was drafted, and like I remember as he progressed, I I I believe the media when they're like, yeah, future captain. I, I, well. Really, really funny, quickly, uh, before you go there, Daniel. Montreal... Didn't get a single NHL game for any players they draft in this draft. So this is what I think Daniel's about to say of, of his honorable mention. He's going to say Jake Gardner, Nicholas Distrus, Eric O'Dell, Josh Britton, Justin Schultz, Marco Cozano, Brandon McMillan, Ryan Haggerty, Stefan Warg, and Nick Pryor. Because those are all the players of the Duck draft. Okay, so pretty funny um, to say that. <laughs> but um, the ones I actually have for honorable mentions, uh, one is Lucas Subiza. Um Pretty funny. He played for the Ducks because he was included in the Chris Pronger trade. So I got you there because <laughs> he was drafted was, by Philly. Was he? Wait, wait, wait. Was he not? He the defenseman who just signed with the Ducks at the beginning of the year. Then they had to put him on waivers and was claimed by Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Because he wanted to. He wanted to return. I know. Um, okay, so I know what we kind of talked about was I think by pick seven we're like those are probably that's the elite level kind of guys um but what I like look back when I was going through this draft was the amount of players that have gone up to have like even now long careers that you know they're not necessarily going to be your go-to guy but they've had amazing careers like once I didn't even think about like Zach Smith, Dale Weiss, these guys have played an insane amount of games. Um, when you right. mentioned Gustav Nyquist. I remember early on when he was like almost a point per game guy. I thought he was one of those Detroit like late around picks that you know this guy's going to be an all star. Um, hasn't really translated that. He's become a solid role player. Um, you also talk about starting to revel like guys like Colin Wilson, Ty yeah. Mark Boretsky, Tommy Wingles, Michael Stone. A lot of those just fine NHLers there that aren't stars. Yeah, yeah. they're the bodies you need to ice a team. You know, we even talked about Jason Demers, is a seventh round pick. Yeah, I was I was gonna mention him, but like that's a solid D for Arizona too. Um, oh, Greg Pattern, Pattern. Oh yeah, they yeah. traded Miguel. They traded for Miguel Grabowski from the Habs. I remember yeah. that. His girlfriend. Wait, how, how do you say his name? Sorry, Alex. Uh, Greg Pattern. Thank God, because Steve Dangle calls him Paterin, and it makes me want to rip my hair out. Honestly, maybe it is Paterin. I have no idea. just it, when you it look, was it's Pattern. Never once did the announcers call him Paterin. But anyway, Justin Paterin was a hab, of course, right? And his girlfriend ripped, like, all of the Quebecers wait, and was like, Justin, yeah, screw Justin Paterin? Who's that? Greg. Wait. Greg? You mean Greg? Greg, yeah. Greg you, said Ju you said Justin. 
Oh, sorry. No, Greg Potter. Anyway, so his girlfriend okay. like, ripped, just ripped French fans, right? Which you can't do that in Montreal, right? Then he gets shipped to Minnesota. Joke's on you, by the way. But you know what the scumbag did? So Justin Shaw, sorry, Justin, God damn it. Um, Andrew Shaw has a history of concussion, as we know. And he threw this, I was at a Dallas-Montreal game, one of my favorite games I've ever been to. And he threw this really bad hit on Andrew Shaw, knowing he is a concussion thing. It was just like, Shaw was unconscious and he was going after him. It's just, freaking, I, I hate Greg Powering. Absolute scumbag. Yeah, enjoy Enjoy the mediocrity of uh of Minnesota. Oh man, you goofball McGundy. I mean, right. he's making millions of dollars, so I think he's pretty freaking happy. Right. I mean, I have know. three more things about this draft. Just I know I've been going through a bunch of players. I just Anaheim, this... Anaheim, Anaheim. No, so three players that I had high hopes for, but they never panned out. So number one, Chet Picard. He went 18. Funny enough, Nashville traded. The 15th pick that became Eric Carlson for the 18th pick, it became Chet Picard. He never played in the NHL. But during that 2009 Real Junior team, um, when the Jordan Eberle goal, the Can You Believe It one, Chet Picard was the backup goalie for, for that team. Wow. For the Real Junior team. Um, two other players, Matthias Tenenby, he was a superstar for the Sweden in the junior leagues, went to New Jersey, never really panned out. And lastly is Danny Cristo. He was the captain of the U.S. team for the World Juniors, and he ripped it up in the NCAA. But he never panned out when he once he got to Montreal. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Of course. I thought he was going to be great. I personally thought. Well, I'm happy that you had some hope for Mike. Yeah, like looking at Montreal's picks, yeah, Danny Cristo – Jason, I've just never heard of any of these freaking guys. None of them. Could you imagine also if Nashville had got Carlson and then you have Weber and then, because I think Carlson made as a 20-year-old too, and then like maybe he plays the same time as Suter, I don't know. That's sad that they get Yossi in the second That's round. That's another team who really knows how to draft defensemen. Uh, yeah. no, centers, though, you can score a goal. Yeah. Yes. I had hope Ryan Johansson when they got him from Columbus. Yeah, yeah, great. That that guy's what a bust is. Uh, you ever see that clip of after they had? I think they just made it to the finals, and there's this thing of Ryan Johansson going like this and like oh. pointing at his nose. Oh, it's 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 a clip. Oh no, it's 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 an old one. It's just like Ryan Johansson being like, "Hey, I, I don't think I need what? to say what that insinuates," but he's like tapping his nose after they're celebrating. Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he was going to hang out with Evgeny Kuznetsov afterwards. Probably. Yeah. Anyway, uh, NHOPA. I want to figure out what you're doing with your um, illegal drugs and all that. Anyway, um, let's say if you're a listener, if you've ever wanted to wonder how much more attractive I am than the other two, yeah, I went there. Whatever. This is then, weird. Then why don't he no, takes you to a whole new level sometimes? I am. I question. Part of my personality. If you want to know that, because of course you want to know, what you should do, and my brother's shaking my head, I think my brother's calling me ugly. You know what, Scott, why don't you go back to playing your video game? Bastard. Anyway, yeah, by the way, my brother's just been in the room while we were recording, so. Hi, Scott. Hey. <laughs> Happy belated uh, birthday, my brother. He, Happy it, birthday, Scott. Thank you. Scott, how old are you? Like 28? Yes. And you're, you, you were a Habs fan, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I, first of all, I was, I was a Colorado fan. Yeah. 
But then, well... Yeah, then, like, you grew up in this household, but now you're an Avalanche fan again, right? No, no, I, I kind of root for Toronto now. You root for Toronto because you're the worst brother someone could ask for. Literally, I, 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 I so he's a Toronto fan. Yeah. Is he a Toronto yeah. fan? No, no, no. He, he's an Avalanche fan. No, no. Now. I, I just, I just, uh, I just support um, Leafs whenever. He, he roots against the Habs, basically. Like uh, I he, like that. I like that. Anyway, but yeah, uh, what I was saying about the video is, if you want to watch the video version, is you should definitely go check out the YouTube channel as well as my YouTube channel. Check out all the links and social medias to our features as well as our social medias. If you're listening to say on iTunes or anything like that, leave a review. Um, why don't you tell us what do you think is the biggest steal of this 08 draft? I'm thinking if we ever do another one of these drafts, which I never want to do, but. Um, I'm sure we will. Maybe we should go look at the 05 draft, and uh, and uh, that would be a fun one to look at. Carey Price goes first overall. Uh, Bobby uh, Ryan. Carey <laughs> Price. But anyway, um, Tukarask. Tukarask. That. Ooh, that's a fun draft. Watch it, Daniel. I know. Beaches in Florida will start reopening this evening, ladies and gentlemen. That oh, that was in April 17th. Why is Mike quote tweeting something from from the 17th? God damn it. He's messed up the podcast. This is Mike Jackson's fault. Oh. God damn it. Shout out. Check out his podcast. After you listen to ours, of course. New sports one. I forget what it's called. But, uh, yeah. I don't know what to do. I think, I think, that, I think that's, that's it. it. That's There's it. Nothing All right. To talk. See you guys. Thank you, guys.